like Tiger talks about his kids kind of watching his YouTube videos. I swear to God, I've seen every YouTube video of him on analyzing his swing. Oh, like, uh, yeah, no, just... know what I watched yesterday? I've loved his career growing up, yeah. Do you know what I watched yesterday? I uh, I watched five minutes of Tiger Woods warming up at the range from, like, 2020. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Welcome to this week's episode, folks, of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by 4Golf Custom. If you want a tour-level experience being custom-fitted by the best in the business, you need to go over to 4Golf.ie and want to go straight to the booking, just hit a forward slash booking, forgolf.ie forward slash booking, and stick Paddy in your order and your scheduling, or when you drop in, when you check in with them, with Derek and Dave, just say, Paddy sent me. And then they'll know you listen to the podcast, and you might get something extra. Or they might charge you double. You never know. Um, I hope you like the, the new way I'm kind of editing these together, and I'm putting a little bit from the cutting floor, would you believe it or not? Uh, at the very, very start, to kind of give you a taster for what's to come. Um, I hope you enjoyed Wednesday's episode, the first series of The Road to the South. If you want to know more about, that's, about what that's about, tune in next Wednesday. Or tune in to last Wednesday. They're all there on the player. Whether you listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or on the website, or Google Podcasts, wherever. If you can do me a favor. Leave another review, five star. Um, if, you, if, if that's not your thing... Share the show with your family and friends. But you've press, pressed play today because you've seen Adam Toth. And Adam Toth is one of the best photographers of golf courses I've ever seen. So let's get stuck in. Roll it. There, Colette. Good girl. Are you ready to tee it up, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. Adam Toth. Toth, Toth. Is that Scottish? No, it's Hungarian, actually. I was close. Yeah. (laughs) It was in a westerly, it was in an easterly direction. Yeah, yeah. No, my my parents are both Canadian, but the the descendant is, uh, my dad's Hungarian and my mom's Polish. Cool. What type of nicknames did you have growing up? You grew up in Ireland, did you? No, actually, I grew I grew up in Canada. I've been living in Ireland now for about the past six years. Cool. Yeah, I moved over in 2016. Excellent. Well, this pans a whole different line of conversation then. For everybody listening, this is Adam Toth, uh, photographer extraordinaire. And I only found out the other day, like, photographer as, like, the side gig, which is even more intriguing. Um, lecturer day-to-day. People don't know what I do day-to-day. Neither do the people that uh, employ me. But um, that's uh, for another story. So I've grown up in Canada. So, so I'll ask the same question. What type of nicknames did they have for a Thoth? A th- uh, sorry, I'm having difficulty. Thoth. <laughs> Trying to pronounce um, the T and the H, the top yeah. in, uh, in Canada. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, add, um, I guess, Tother would be a common one. That would probably be the one that uh, that I remember the most growing up through uh, through high school and all that. I'm trying to think, trying to think. If you're in Ireland, we had Jelly Tots. Okay. <laughs> they might have so started calling have, me Jelly. Could have gone off on that. Yeah. No, because the reason I say is we had a new hire at work and the 
It's uh, Monica Sandhu, S-A-N-D-H-U. And everyone's like, oh, I've always been called Mon. I was like, well, you never called Sandy, you know? She said, never been called Sandy in her life. So <laughs> I was like, well, they're not that creative in the UK after all. Yeah, yeah. Um, only 16% of listeners are from, from the UK, so I can say that. Okay, personally clever, some clever eyes. <laughs> anyways, yeah. So before we get on to photography, I generally ask the question, what is your earliest memory of golf, Adam? Yeah, uh, it's quite vivid, actually. Um, earliest memory of golf is probably around 12 or 13. So I, I would have grown up and played a decent level of ice hockey, I guess, growing up. It was seven days a week from about the time I was 10. Um, so it was through a, a mate of mine um, on my hockey team, and he got bitten by the golf bug around 12, 13. And to be honest, like my dad was, he's hes absolutely golf nuts as much as I am now, if, if not more. And uh, he tried to kind of get me into the game when I was 9, 10, and I never really took to it. But uh, yeah, when my friend got into it at 12, 13, I just remember there was a, a park across the street from my house and a couple of kind of soccer, football, goalposts, field and everything like that. And I just remember my earliest memory hitting wedges. We'd be at either end at the soccer goalposts and trying to like basically hit it through the goal or land at 80 yards or whatever with a wedge. And we'd be hitting balls back and forth to each other. Um, so that was that's probably my earliest memory of that before actually kind of getting into playing golf then. No, deadly. And what age then would did you get into playing golf as a off the football pitch? Yeah, so probably the next year. So I got uh, kind of a city membership at one of the kind of municipal municipal courses, um, Don Don Valley. Actually, it was called in in Toronto. Um, so that would have been the first first place I was. And um, yeah, I took I took to the game well. Like I, I think after that, at the end of that first year, I was off nine. And at that point, then I was fortunate through again another ice hockey connection through someone who was a member at a private club. Uh, also in Toronto, I moved over there and I was there until I was about 21, 2021. And then what do we, what do we lecture in? Is it anything to do with high performance or golf or sport or is it, it is, very yeah. scientific? Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, my background is in neuroscience and biomechanics. Um, so a lot of what I do now here in Ireland at the University of Limerick uh, revolves around both golf and esports, actually. So professional video gaming, yeah. You're getting cooler and cooler as this conversation <laughs> progresses. <laughs> it's very random, yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't say random at all. It sounds it's very intriguing, actually. Um, so biomechanics. Mm. Well, anyone who listens to anyone these days in strength and conditioning or I think Ty Carrington was one of the first people in Ireland to have any sort of qualification in biomechanics. Mm. Uh, Paddy's brother mm -hmm. uh, was on the pod early days. What from a biomechanics way and, and movement of movement of muscles, etc. Where do you see the biggest gains your average golfer can make in a biomechanics sense? Yeah, um, I suppose when you're thinking about the fitness and everything like that and where you're going to generate power, it's, it's the legs, it's the legs. And kind of, if you think about your core, it's not just your, your gut, but kind of like your glutes and your butt, you know what I mean? Um, so having those muscles be really strong, being able to produce a lot of power there that helps with, with the rotation. Um, obviously I know you, I think you've had him on the podcast and he'd be a good follow as well for a lot of people is, is, uh, Mike, Mike Carroll, who's, uh, who's over Absolutely. in, uh, in California now. Um, he's actually a UL grad, 
Um, so no, he's, he, he, he would, uh, he would have some great things to say, kind of knows what he's talking about. I think he's a great follow when it comes to kind of the strength and conditioning side of things and kind of specific exercises to, to target from a golf specific standpoint. So golfers do not skip leg day is what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> in there kind of doing, doing chest and arms. I mean, there's, there's an element of that, but uh, yeah, don't. The don't beach, the leg. beach workouts need to go. <laughs> no, just supplement them just a bit more balance. Yeah. I think people neglect to neglect their legs probably more. And I think uh, they're, they're quite important. Uh, no, absolutely. I was doing, and we'll go off piece for a second. I was doing um, lunges this morning, barbell lunges. Then I moved into uh, 90 degree jumps, yeah. uh, lateral jumps. Um, I'm in one of these like real, it's a, it's, it's a bodybuilder ethos kind of gym. They're trying to transition to a bit more modern. So like there's lads in stringers looking at Paddy over here doing lateral jumps going, what is going on here? <laughs> um, yeah. And then what is this? Uh, yeah. Some rows. Uh, night, yeah, and guess whose program I'm on? Oh, you're on Mike's, are you? Mike Cars. Ah, yeah, oh, very yeah. good. So nice. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So no, it, it, absolutely, he speaks a lot of sense, and it's something coming from a GA background. I love leg day. Mm. Give me, give me a run over sand dunes any day over a bit of bench. I, I'll fire. I'll go through the sand dune for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, where do we go next? That's very interesting. So the day job is. Would you class the day job as as a passion as well? Then it's one of your two passions, or is it? Yeah, just a no. Definitely, job? it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, no, because I'm I, I'm able to kind of take like my expertise is in kind of um, understanding how the brain processes sensory feedback to then control movement balance and apply that to then sport or rehab or, or what have you. Um, so definitely have a passion for that, and obviously like. The, the esports stuff, I could go into a very big tangent on how I got into that, but definitely the golf aspect, uh, I, I'd have a very keen interest of that. I've been building my own clubs since well, as long as I can remember. Um, be very into like tracking numbers and understanding how the body moves to, 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 to be honest, to my detriment at some point, because I can almost analysis by paralysis with my own golf swing, but uh, but no, I have a real passion for for understanding the golf swing and and learning about it and, and kind of how we perform. No, definitely. And I, like for me personally, it was uh, Robbie Cannon taught me what mobility was. I thought I was doing mobility, but it was a very 1980s warm up approach. Mm-hmm. If you if you read um, Eamon Fitzmaurice in the paper last week was talking about warm ups for GAA and how they've changed. And my warm, my mobility for golf pre Robbie Cannon was uh, I'll do a stretch here and a stretch there. And that's my mobility. No, 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 yeah. no. He put me, he, he had to put me into the 1990 position because I couldn't get there myself. <laughs> right? But I think once people understand like where the limitations are, body movement wise, they can start using the big legs the GA gave them like me. <laughs> and, and after that, so I had the mobility now, now it's just around muscle memory to move that way. Sure, like yeah. four years ago, I couldn't. Like I couldn't Ross, I couldn't, I couldn't Ross from friends. I couldn't pivot. I just physically unable to pivot. No, absolutely. Uh, These days. Yeah. yeah. And kind of like your, your limitations physically as well. I think having a really good understanding of, you think of biomechanics, biomechanics is the forces and and the motions that, that 
we produce, right? Um, understanding the limitations of what we can do has a big influence on how we swing. And you would have seen that from any of the TPI guys that that study this stuff. And John Rom, they always use him as a as a perfect example. He's had like ankle issues, for example, and that's dictated that his and swing he had club foot as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why yeah. that's why his back swing is so short. It's not yeah. because he swings short; it's because he can't he exactly. can't go go yeah. further. Yeah. So he's 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 made he's made his physical limitations work for him and worked around that to optimize the best way to swing the club for him. Absolutely. When did you pick up a camera for the first time? Oh, that would have been probably twenty eleven. 2011 around there 2012 something like that I would have been my my wife I would have started dating her in 2010 and her brother was big into photography and he he was doing more photojournalistic and wedding photography and uh no I just got fascinated by it all it, I really did and I I definitely gravitated more towards landscape and and wildlife photography growing up in Canada a lot of different types of wildlife that that you can go out and shoot or go out into the into the forests or sort of some of the provincial or national parks there and yeah you just have a heyday with uh, with some of the beautiful landscapes and, and wildlife there so really yeah really took to that and yeah same thing I just like I, I guess when I get into something I do really I really do go down the rabbit hole with it I suppose um so I definitely did with photography and um yeah, kind of turned it into kind of a semi-professional hobby where people were interested in buying prints and stuff like that. So it was never a, a massive thing, but I knew it was decent enough at it that people actually wanted to, I guess, buy some of my images and stuff like that, which was flattering, I guess, and kind of cool. No, daily, like it's something, um, I first picked up a camera to take pictures when I was in Rome for a day. Uh, like I, I wanted to go take pictures of Rome and it was like my iPhone, right? Kate and I said, said the best camera you have is the camera with you, right? Um, but I first picked up a camera with a view to actually learn how to use one, like an actual one. Um, I was doing a bit of YouTube and do making live content and, and stuff like that. And the main reason was I wanted to do that, but also we were going to New Zealand on honeymoon four years, no, nearly four years ago. Um, hopefully she'll still be with me in a few months so we can say four years. I'm pretty calm. I'm like, you should never be super confident on any game <laughs> show like Survivor or something. Once you're yeah, confident, yeah. that's the minute you get kicked off. So, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're very happy. But back to the story, um, going to New Zealand, I was like, I, I can't be going on New Zealand for the fucking iPhone. Um, yeah, yeah. so I got, I got tax back start of the year and I got a, a little point and shoot. And I was, at the time I was deep into watching, yeah, all the golf YouTubers, whatever, but I got into like Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon, who I'm mm -hmm. sure you're aware of being, grown up in Canada and mm -hmm. Peter McKinnon being serious operator behind, <laughs> behind the, uh, a camera. And I just knew, I was like, these photos are nice, like, but if I had this camera that I have now, I'd be like, I need to go back. Yeah. I suppose I'm coming back to, it's, I've sold a couple of prints and I sold a few calendars at the start of the year. And it's amazing to think that something I enjoyed so much to create is now sitting on someone's wall. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's really flattering. 
I had Evan Schiller on the show a couple of years ago, and if I knew then what I know now, I would have asked him much better questions. Well, I hope I would have asked him much better questions. But we'll ask you, um, we'll ask you too, what's in the bags then? What's in the camera bag? Sure, yeah. So, oh, geez. It's, 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 there's there's some stuff that's there that I don't really use anymore if you're thinking the wider camera bag. But what I use for most of the shoots that I do at golf courses is I've got a D600 body Nikon and a D7100 body. So one's a full frame, one's a crop frame sensor. And then I've got a 16 to 35 wide lens and then a 70 to 200 uh, zoom lens. And though that comprises the main gist of... Um, I guess the land-based photography. And then I have a DJI Mavic, uh, Mavic two pro drone, um, that I use for, for the aerial stuff now. Deadly. I'm, I have your website on my minority, minority reports, uh, set up here at home and, uh, the drone photography especially is, 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 is pretty, um, kick you in the face. Good. Um, the just go back into geek land on camera so anybody listening who thought this would be about golf it's probably going to be a bit about cameras for a minute or two now um (laughs) the focal length on the lenses because there's a lot of people are interested in like what's in the bag and so what's the focal length on the the, you've a 16 to 35 16 to 35 is an f4 i think it goes down to and the other one is a 2.8 i believe 70 to 200 zoom is 2.8 yeah that's that's next on my list. So everybody go buy a calendar and go buy everything on my uh, store so I can go out and buy a 70 to 200 millimeter lens, please, because they're about yeah. three grand. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the 70 to 200 is a, oh, it's a fantastic lens. It's, it's so clear, right? Like right through to the edges from the center. It's and, and yeah. through most of the most of the focal lengths. It's uh, no, it's great. Yeah, I have uh, Canon, been a McKinnon fan, yeah. uh, EOS R. Uh, really good for video. Keep meaning to bring this podcast to video sense. And I'm saying, oh, when I'm out in the room, I'll be able to have people over and sit outside the desk and blah, blah, blah. But we'll see how long more I procrastinate over that. <laughs> um, and it's a 28 to 70 F2 stop straight through. Mm-hmm. Um, Siri, Siri turned on on my laptop. There we go. So it's a... <laughs> 28 to 70 straight through uh, at F2 stop, which is pretty sick. It's pr- it's pretty hefty as well. Like you could yeah. kill someone with it, <laughs> with the lens. Like it's like. Oh, uh, I know all about uh, carrying those yeah. uh, those things around when you're when you're shooting a course and you're tr- running around for that hour or two hours of light that that uh, kind of right in the morning or in the evening. Um, yeah, my, my legs know all about it at the end of a shoot. <laughs> We have some testimonials from the island. Uh, we set some work to evaluate as well, I think. We are commissioned uh, by Mackenzie and Ebert Golf Architects, Port Marnock. Um, I see some images of my home course here, which are, there's a couple angles there I didn't ever thought to get. Um, and I'm not very good, but like you, you, all the top brass in photography have been to all these places and you're getting angles that people haven't thought Thanks, of getting yeah. before. Um, what is your approach? Um, how would you plan? I mm. would ask then. How will you plan for you're going to the island or you're going to? I think. Do we have news about a new course we've been commissioned? We do. To shoot yeah. at? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no recent commission to do um, County Sligo Golf Club. So yeah, I'll be doing uh, doing some work there over the next next month or so. So looking forward to uh, yeah, keep keep an eye out for them and and some new some new content. Okay, so I put you on the spot. Then we're going to Ross's. We I'm already on the bus. Um, next week or in two weeks. What what groundwork? What preparation? Um, besides wiping memory cards are you going to do on the way to Ross's? Yeah. Oh my goodness. How long you got? Um, yeah, I guess prepping for a particular golf course, there's the general stuff with my gear. So I'll do like a, a sensor test just to look at like dust on the sensor and then may potentially do a sensor cleaning. Oh, not that often, not necessarily before every gig, but if it's starting to accumulate, I hate clean and dust spots for days off of photos. So I'll try and make sure that the sensors are relatively clean um yeah just making sure everything's in working order and having backup batteries all of that kind of stuff for backup propellers for the drones all that kind of stuff as much as you can um from the gear side and then from a that specific course standpoint if i'm prepping for a course i'll generally look at what's been done already at that course if anything so what's current what does the website currently look like what images are they using going through Google, Instagram, all of those kinds of channels, trying to amass basically as much of the library of images that have been taken of, of that place. And it could be, it could be Joe Blow took a random image and it's not edited. It was just off his phone or whatever. And I, I'll, I'll grab it because it's sometimes you find unique angles that someone like that took and it's an image that never saw the light of day or got past his, his or her 20 friends and it just gives me ideas for for angles for the various holes um and then typically what i'll do as well is i'll plan within the package that i offer one day where it's like a recon day where i spend the whole day out there because i'm not worried about the light as much i'll do whatever i can in the morning and the evening if the light's really good but i'll spend the whole day out there and i'll walk the course and i'll throw the drone up and i'll take some test shots and kind of get a feel for what holes are going to photograph best in the evening, the morning, based on that time of year. I have an app that you can basically like show, like look at the sky and it shows where the sun's going to be uh, at, at a certain point in time of year. So you can plan all of that stuff and you can plan images for, for the various holes. I try and get all 18 holes and multiple images uh, if I can. It depends on the package that that the course is going with of what I offer, but there's uh, there's and then offline as well. I'll also use like say like Google Earth as well. Like I'll like pretend like I'm flying above the Earth to even get a sense of like what some of the drone shots might look like before I even get to the course. Um, so there's all that goes into planning, and then I'll often kind of send the course. I'll say here's all the angles, here's all the things I want to do. Then it's planning access, uh, planning around what the greenkeepers are doing because they're prepping the course and putting it in the greatest shape for you to photograph and for the golfers to use. So I, I, my job is not possible without them. Um, so working with them is fantastic. And then um, working with getting, if you're going to get access to a cart to be able to move around the course really quick, making sure that you're not, in, if you're around where people are playing or they're just starting to tee off or they're finishing their day, making sure that you're trying to navigate around any members or visitors that are playing so you're not disturbing them so there's there's a lot of little things that go into it that that have to get taken into account i suppose that's maybe a, a flavor of it yeah you you don't just rock up and 
take a few snaps and go there. You no, go you, I mean you can't. You, you, yeah, you can do that, and you might you might get lucky, and you you take a shot home with you that uh, that's that's that you really like or whatever. But uh, yeah, to be I guess to be most efficient and try and make sure that um, any of the images that I'm taking are. Uh, yeah, like the way I think about it is any image that I'm going to put, put, send to the club or or put on the website is a you'd want to put it on you'd want to put it on the wall in your home kind of kind of image. Yeah. No, exactly. And the reason I made that stupid comment is because people just think that shit just happens. You know, you just rock up, you know, <laughs> snap, snap, snap. I'm I'm away. Um, and the reason I say that is I did chat with a greenkeeper this afternoon, and he was like. I'd be taken out of a course committee WhatsApp group because people are just saying X and Y. It's like, if I was going to do that, it would, they think it's a two minute job. It's like, it would take me three men for two days and then nothing else to get done. <laughs> so like, the same type of parallels can be drawn to anything you want to do to professional, to a professional level, to perform at a high performance level. I would put your photography in the high performance bracket of photography, you know, um, I just pulled up an image because I was like, where is that? And that's what I love about that. They're the photos I try and create because everybody knows my home course hinge, right? So when I'm there, I try and take pictures and people are like, oh, what hole is that? Mm. And because you, you've then you've um, you've taken that picture of a, of, a, of a hole that looks good that no one else would have thought of. And I was going through the gallery in um, the website here of featured images. And there's one that's took it. I was like, that's amazing. Where is that? I was like, it's the island three and four. It's a mm. fantastic image. Fantastic Thanks. image. Um, what prompted you to stand there and take that one at that point? I'm, I'm trying to course. think of the the one that is it the one where I'm kind of up on the dune. It's kind of a, a correct. Yeah. So we're, we're at ground level. Yeah. We're not using DJI. It's, it's yeah, it's a wide angle, may, maybe a couple of images stuck, stitched yeah. together in Photoshop. I'm unsure. That was, that uh, was the first day the I was thing. there. Yeah, it was, it was the first day I was there. Um, it was a great morning and looking at the course and some of the changes that were made by, uh, Martin Ebert, um, just uh, the fourth was just, it was the most photogenic hole. And it was the first, they were the first commission actually that, that I took on. So I was like, I better go to the most photogenic place first because that's probably going to be the easiest to to start. Um, so I went, I went there. The fourth hole for anyone that's played it is a, it's a fantastic par three. It's about 170, 80 from the back tees, and it's downhill. The eleva- the tees are kind of staggered, elevated as you go back, and you're staring at Lambay Island over the Irish Sea, and it's it's kind of got. 15 at Port Marnock kind of vibes, but a shorter yeah. hole with a bit more of a downhill. But the green eleven A at Lahinch, similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's lovely, and the green complex is is lovely as well. Lots of chipping area around it, and the green's lovely. Um, but yeah, so I was it, I was kind of up on the dune. I was actually throwing the drone up, and and that image I kind of had planned to do like a three four kind of shot, and yeah, it just so happened that I I thought it was better from I thought it go better from the ground. So that was a series of of images it was kind of a an hdr type thing so because the sun was rising at the time you couldn't you had to bracket it so that you'd get the sun in in uh properly exposed and then the foreground properly exposed and then also do a pano so it was like a pano doing exposure for the ground and then a pano doing exposure for for uh for the sky and then 
blending all of that together. And uh, yeah, no, it came out, uh, it came out really nice. It's pretty good. It's pretty good for any, uh, anyone interested in, in golf or just wants a pretty picture in their office, that'd look amazing in a boardroom, you know, the full <laughs> length of the full length of the conference table. Um, absolutely. Of all the golf courses you've been to so far, which one, or you can pick a couple. We won't, okay. we won't go that one. <laughs> What's your favorite golf course of photographer? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, which couple of places or even a couple of holes, um, would you like, yeah, I'll, if they rang me in the morning or if I have a free day tomorrow, I'm going there. Give me half decent weather. I'm going there. Where are you going? Yeah. Um, so I, I was just there actually, uh, Jesus, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, hadn't been since 2018, but Royal County Down has a, a special place in my heart. I just think I've, I've been fortunate to play some really good golf there um, in my time at Ireland, in, in Ireland. Um, but uh, it was before I before I decided to kind of make the golf photography, a more of a, uh, kind of a, a, more of a, more than a hobby. Um, I was a paying uh, hobby. What's that? <laughs> a paying hobby. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was out shooting, I played that evening. It was a gorgeous evening. And I actually went out and I had my clubs and my cameras and it was before I had the drone and I was basically, I played the first four holes and it was like, I was the only person on the course. I had the place to myself. It's gorgeous light. And I just played the first four and then I went up and there's a big dune behind the third green there. And I just, the third hole is a, a lot of people rave about the, the fourth hole, the part three, and it is, it's phenomenal part three. It's so photogenic. It's, it's great. But uh, the third hole, I just think is one of the best par fours in the world, just architecturally and just aesthetically it's just a brilliant golf hole and yeah I was really excited to photograph it from up on top of this dune I had uh, I had a banana and my coffee and I was just sitting there and like you're just watching the light kind of change over the course you can see the whole course from up there and it's one of the most maybe peaceful I've felt on a golf course photographing and stuff so I have really good memories from that place so that that probably stands out at the top of my list for that reason yeah, I'm looking at the image here. It's pretty class because I played it uh, August last year in yeah. similar similar time of day to yourself. I teed off at 3.30 p.m. I had the course to myself. Um, it was a bit misty for me, but it cleared up. Um, it was clear for the first half and, and it got misty in the evening. But I think on the ninth alone, I took 240 odd pictures of just the ninth. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, I didn't think like I was too invested in playing golf to take in the first three, four, five holes. Mm. Um, and look at that image. There's like, yeah, that's like from photography sense, the leading lines of the architecture. Through, yeah. oh, it's just phenomenal. Thanks. Um, no, I was really, I'm really happy. It's one of my favorite images. Yeah. Um, give me a place where you think you can do better. It doesn't have to be a paid commission place if you got paid for it. Oh, <laughs> if, so but but like, just think I, of a place you think, from what I know now compared to what I know then, or could it be the conditions? I'd love to go back to that place. Or maybe you played a golf course and you didn't have your cameras with you. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I was and I, and I didn't really do any photography it was uh, Pebble Beach. Um, I was, we, we were doing some, we were doing some work with an industry partner and we were, um, flying over there for the day job, um, so to speak. And we, 
we're going from San Francisco. We were driving down the, the PCH, I think it is the, the high highway there from uh, San Francisco to LA. So we had some work in San Francisco and then LA. And on the way we stopped at Pebble Beach and um, they let me out to kind of walk down the 18th and see the 5th and the 17th. And it's us. Uh, it was lovely. And I just, I remember sitting there either being like, I wish I had my clubs or I wish I had my camera. <laughs> you didn't have <laughs> either. That's a good one. You might have to DM Evan Schiller. I think he's the resident. I think uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's commissioned photographer for Pepper Beats, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, he's, he's got some fantastic images from there, in fairness. Yeah. No, I, I told him if he's ever commissioned anywhere uh, within a flight or a drive from me, I'll go just to hold the camera for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to shadow his work. And the same for your good self, by the way. Um. You said there, you mentioned there before when you went to take the hobby a bit more serious or when to go from a paying hobby, what was the compelling event that you said, yeah, I can actually, like, I can go do this and it's going to be of value to people and clubs and members. Yeah. So I what think, prompted you? I think like so many people, I think COVID um, was a big, was a big nudge or whatever you want to call it. So obviously at the start of COVID we were locked down for, for months and everything and any of the research or the testing and all of that kind of stopped. Right. So we were trying to kind of keep going with reviews and any, any data that we still were analyzing and papers that we were trying to get out uh, as a lab, we're, we're kind of working through all of that, but yeah, it was just one of those things, I guess COVID brought a lot of perspective to people made you sit down forced you to sit down and kind of think about things and yeah I was just thinking about like other other things or ways in which I could I don't know do more photography like I always I, I would go and shoot landscapes around Ireland's beautiful obviously I mean I was only meant to be here for about 18 months and we we just bought a house in Tipperary so I'm, yeah we're, we're here to stay we absolutely love it here um, but it's beautiful so it's it's a very photogenic um country so and when i was thinking about ways in which to apply my passion for photography and kind of marry it up with my passion for golf it got me thinking well i do i, I always bring my camera when i go to play a golf course and if i have if i'm there in the morning or if i happen to be there in the evening i'll go take some shots and i started going through i suppose a lot of the websites and stuff like that to see what kind of appetite there might be if courses could use an upgrade to their imagery and like I mean not not to sound bashful or anything like that but there were a lot of courses I was like oh they they probably haven't done these images in 10 years or something like that maybe they could use an upgrade or this hole has changed and it's still the old hole on the website and it's like oh maybe maybe they're looking maybe for they've it. taken out 200 trees in the last two years and now you yeah. can see twice as much of the course yeah exactly yeah. so it was just a little bit of a little bit of that that it looked like there were so many courses that looked like they could use that kind of uh that kind of a an investment into um kind of a front of house and, and showcasing their greatest asset which is their golf course and you think of everything so digital nowadays like if i'm from canada or america or wherever and i'm thinking about what courses i'm going to play in ireland you're going to go to the website first and foremost and that's what you see is the images of the course and that kind of dictates whether or not that's what you'd hope to see and, and a lot of websites i'm sure you've seen them um there's a lot of websites don't have a picture of the of the course or the signature hole on the home page you have to go 
find the gallery, yeah. dig into it and figure out which one is the signature hole yourself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't do more than three or four clicks on a website these days. Yeah, yeah. No, you're dead right. So it was just, it was, it was kind of, um, it was kind of born out of that. And then, yeah, I just started firing emails out to clubs to see what kind of appetite there was. And it was just kind of fortunate. The Island got, got back to me. They had just changed so much of their golf course, um, through the work that Martin Ebert was doing. And, um, yeah, it was fortunate, fortunate that they, they kind of took a chance on me in in a way, like I kind of showed them some of the work that I had done, at courses when I was going to play, like some of the shots from RCD, like that one of the third was from 2017, for example, right? So they would have liked the images and then said, okay, sure, yeah, we'll take a chance on you. And I'm really glad they did because it was from that that things kind of took off from there. Oh, no, it's, and that's that's why I always ask that question is, is for anybody listening who's kind of thinking about, I think I'm okay, just go do it. Do a bit of work, do a bit of homework. Um, figure out the, the messaging you need to send out to your would-be customers and just go do it. What's the worst What's the worst that could happen? You'll be in the same situation that you are right now. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, and, and that's the way I kind of approach things and that's why I'm sitting here pressing record talking to you because I'm like, I want to learn about people and, and why they love golf and why they like what I like, photography and golf. So we should we should hang out more. Um, yeah, you know, 100%. yeah, it's a great way to find playing partners. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, thank you very much for being on. The, the most important questions are coming now, though. Okay. Right. Um, quick fire Q&A, Adam. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What would your walk-on song be? Uh, walk-on song, uh, people have asked us, it's probably, it's not necessarily a walk-up, walk-up song, but it's one of my favorite songs is, uh, it's called Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. I know it well. And why, yeah. and why, sometimes this quick fire Q&A isn't too quick. Um, <laughs> the, the reason, and partly my fault, for going off on tangents, the reason I, Sultans of Swing was one of my favorite songs, because growing up, my dad had a three CD disc changer in the Volkswagen transporter van that we had. And I helped him out during the summers. And the three CDs were Queen, Greatest mm-hmm. Hits. Yep. Shania Twain, Greatest Hits. It's popular in Ireland, yeah. <laughs> Go figure, man. Um, I feel we won't finish that. And yeah, yeah. Dire Straits, Greatest Pretty Hits. Good. And literally... The van would be on all day, so we could listen to the tunes on all three albums all day. Oh, so class. yeah, Dire Straits is is up there. Um, gym or pizza? Sorry, gym or pizza? Oh, gym. Yeah, yeah. Well, biomechanics is the day job. You can't say pizza, can you? Yeah, yeah I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Good thing I didn't say pizza. Jeez. <laughs> hat visor or a Keelan Rafferty bucket hat? Oh. um a hat 90% of the time, but I do enjoy the bucket hat look from time to time or when it's raining, yeah. Same. I actually wear bucket hats at the height of, like in the hottest days. Yeah. Like, um, I, I must wear them raining, actually. That's it's gonna get twice twice the use, maybe yeah, four should, times I the should use. Look, yeah, I, actually I don't I have a little like it's like a Nike old bucket hat that I wear sometimes when it's raining, but I should invest in a in a in a bigger one. Are you a medium or a large in a bucket hat? 
Oh, geez, probably a medium. Yeah, I've a, I've a medium. We'll start this out after. Okay. <laughs> Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Um, Caddyshack. But if I have to choose, Happy Gilmore. Very good. I I have a confession to make, and I've watched the first twenty minutes of Caddyshack. I haven't watched the whole thing. Oh, you must. It's. Uh, I but I'll be very hungover Saturday because I'm going to stag do tomorrow or today. Today Saturday. Okay. It all happened Saturday. Uh, I'd be very hungover today because I didn't want to stag yesterday. Uh, okay. uh, so I watched Caddy Shack today, as should everybody. Um, Lehinch or Port Marnock? Mm. Oh, they're so different. They're so great. In different they are ways. so great. Both of them are both great. I played yeah. Port Marnock recently and I hadn't played it in 12 years. And it's exceptionally pure. Yeah, it's Port Marnock's like... Lahinch is one you that's like a bucket list you want to play. Port Marnock is one that I feel like it takes four or five times playing it to feel like you've unlocked it. It's just so well routed. It, the holes are, yeah, you can make so many different scores. And then Lahinch, it's there's so many great holes on Lahinch. The sixth hole is phenomenal. Four and five, like if someone built those today, they'd be fired. But they're phenomenal. Um, Oh, Mackenzie Niebert wouldn't be building four or five anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I suppose because I photographed it, I, I'll go Port Port Marnock. Um, but that we'll, we'll see if that changes in the future. No, I think I think yeah. it's actually like I used to ask that question, taking taking the proverbial piss out because of like Culchies versus Tauties, and then like it was like, oh, is that because Port Marnock don't allow? Well, they allow like women are members now. Mm. Um, so it doesn't need to be a political question. And now it's purely about like, which golf do you prefer? Yes. You know, um, I think I think it's a valid question because it's Parkland versus Lynx doesn't equate. I love Port Marnock because I, I grew up in Lynch, right? I grew up 10 minutes from Lynch. Um, oh, really? Lynch people, well, Lynch people wouldn't let me say I'm from Lynch, but we'll get over that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I visited Port Marnock and even walking from the pro shop to the chipping green, once you walk on the the turf, you can feel how compact it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't get that in Lehinch, right? I'll be honest. Yeah. You walk around Port Marnock and you can feel how pure the ground is just from the natural lie of the land. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've been fortunate to play there. I, I, a good few times before I actually even um, uh, got uh, the opportunity to photograph for them, and I'll never forget one one time. It was it was a, a played on the Sunday and the Friday and the Saturday. It last rain all over Dublin, and I, I've lived in Dublin basically from from 2016 until last year. We were in Dublin down in the south end in Still Oregon before we moved, and uh, and absolutely like all the parklands were closed, like. It was the place was saturated, and I remember going to play Port Marnock on on that Sunday, and I remember bouncing a ball and it bounced off the turf. I I couldn't believe it. So yeah, not not the quickest quick fire Q and A. Uh, no, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> both are false. Uh, walk or cart? Oh, walk! Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Win the open or win the Masters? Uh, the open. Instagram or Twitter? Oh, geez, I'm on both. Uh, suppose for the photography in Instagram, I don't really do a whole lot of photography stuff on on the Twitter. Uh, that's more I talk about wine and golf on the Twitter and then it's the photography, the golf photography specifically for the Instagram. That's cool. Play or practice? Um, 
geez, yeah. I do enjoy practicing just on your own headphones in. I do enjoy that, yeah, on a nice evening, probably almost more than playing in some ways. Yeah, me too. Um, in some ways, but I do, my, my, I, I always pick a play. I thought of a couple of questions there. Yeah. Um, so before we get into the, the philosophical end question. Okay. <laughs> um, which photographers do you drive inspiration from? Oh, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think Evan Scheller, um, Gary Lisbon, there's, there's a good few that, that I know about and follow. And I think their work is fantastic. I think Kevin Murray is, and I think it's just his style. I gravitate towards his style a little bit more. I'd be inspired by, by his work. I think he's one of the best in the business. Um, and I'd kind of like, if you look at my images, I suppose my hope is that people see my images and they know it's mine, my image kind of thing based on my own kind of style, but I would be inspired definitely between kind of Kevin Murray and someone like Jason Livy. Um, they would, they would. Jason be, Livy is someone I must Google. I don't, I haven't heard that name before. His, his image. Yeah. He's got some fantastic images. He's done uh, a number of courses, Prince's golf club. Uh, he's done St. George, um, St. George's in Canada where the Canadian open is going to be in the next week or two. Uh, he's got some fantastic images from there, um, but yeah, no, no, he's he's fantastic as well. I take I take some inspiration from the two of them for sure. I, I have two names. I'm assuming you know the two of them. Hmm. Uh, Kojiro Kino. Yes. Yeah. Um, if anybody needs to Google that, it's K O H J I R O space K I N N O. Mm-hmm. And if you're Golfer's Journal, you, 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 uh, Golfer's Journal, but also when Tiger won the masters it was his shot went global the next morning mm. like the, the arms in the air just but yeah it's, um, it's a beautiful storyteller as well and christian hafer yes no they're both they're both fantastic and i would put them they take fantastic course images but i would put them more in the photo journalistic and kind of they take the kind of lifestyle the golf yeah. lifestyle view exactly yeah. yeah and like even like david cannon like taking photos of the action and the golfers like david cannon would be one of the best in the business at that i i love some of the some of the images that he creates um to kind of really capture the emotion of whatever is happening in the moment i think he's yeah, he, obviously he's received tons of accolades and rightfully so for he's had a really fantastic career I was going to say to you, yeah, I think that's for me, I would kind of get a lot of inspiration. I'd, I'd love to take photos like that. And that's kind of where I lean towards is the Christian Hafer side. Because I came across him as a photographer. I was into golf, blah, 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 and doing a bit of YouTuber. That's when I started the Instagram stuff like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I followed hashtag Hinch, obviously, because I was like from there and want to engage with anyone who was playing the court say oh I hope we had a nice day blah blah yep. and then these photos started racking up on my feed that of like where's that golf course like in a, within a couple of days how oh, they're doing big and it's Lahinch. it's like like pictures of Lahinch i'd never seen before in my life and he was on honeymoon with his wife and they were doing a golf tour of the west mm. coast of ireland so that's where i first came across him and then years later he's now part of the golfers journal family as well and blah 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 mm-hmm. so definitely him um with that type of photography or, or imagery around golf courses i get big on like the small things like uh court like benches mm. and walls and yes um 
landscapes, but more so like green surrounds or mm -hmm. like tea box, tea box areas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, depth of field and blurry backgrounds and all. Yeah, like my favorite piece from Port Marnock I took was of the of the bell. Outside the, the front door. Of house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> you know? No, I, I, I'd, uh, I have a lot of respect for that. I mean, if I, I wish, I wish I had more time nearly for some of that. And if I do, that's those are kind of the shots that I start to gravitate towards toward, towards the end. But uh, yeah, you have to have a really creative eye for for a lot of that that stuff. And and Christian is obviously uh, he's uh, one. Him and um, Kajira are two of the best in the business. Crazy good, crazy good. I mean, McKinnon, like product photography, but we could go on forever about like this guy and that girl. And, oh, absolutely. And, and there's so many and it, it really comes down to um, at, at that level, it's kind of what you, it's preference and what you prefer and, and all of that, you know. Fair play. Well, look, thanks for your time. It's been really, really insightful. Um, it's always great to chat to another person who, who enjoys photography and who is way better than me at it. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't pretend to be good in any realm, but um, some of your imagery is just it's phenomenal. Well, everything's on the website. It's phenomenal. And yeah, I look forward to meeting you soon. And we've we need to tee it up, man. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm going I'll be in third as Sunday week, like tomorrow week. Yeah. Watch, well, let's, let's, watch let's Claire let's... Hammer Limerick. Yeah, yeah, let's get in touch and uh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get a tea time, uh, get a tea time sorted there. That'd be great. Sorted out. We'll take it easy. You too. Thanks very much for having me on. That was Adam Toth, Canadian, Hungarian, Polish, I think he said, in Ireland, six years. I lived in Tipperary, long way down there. Um, don't know why, why anyone would live there, you know, but that's what a Claire man would say. Um, thank you all for listening. I hope you found that. As enjoyable as I did, I kind of got very selfish midway through that episode talking about cameras and stuff, but maybe you're into that. Um, let me know what you think. If you do like it, share it with a share it with a friend. Stick it in your golf WhatsApp group. Send it around your golf club. Say, do you know what? This one's good. If you're looking for a golf course photographer for your golf club website or socials, well, you know who to call now. Not me. Um, definitely call Adam. Um, thank you very much for present play this week. I think it's a bit longer than usual as well, so hopefully it um, lasts the full length of your walk or your gym session. I don't know why you'd li be listening to me in a gym session, but um, thank you all very much. Um, the listening, the listeners, the the listens, the downloads are constantly on a, on an upward climb. I don't really care too much about the charts. They fluctuate up and down. You could be one this week, and then four days you could be 31. But it's always nice to be up and, and say you're number one. So keep listening, keep pressing play. Stick me on in the background there. Uh, when you leave the house, stick stick on Paddy Talks Golf for the dogs and the cats, and, and they can listen to me. But thank you for pressing play, is what I'm trying to say. I hope you enjoy next Wednesday's episode of A Road to the South, uh, episode two of this podcast series or kind of, kind of leaning towards maybe changing the name to Beyond Scratch. Or I might just keep with the two of them. Sure, if it's so good, we might name it twice. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you this time. Thank you very much for pressing play. This show can't be here without this main sponsor, 4golf.ie, powered by 4golf. So if you're looking for golf clubs or if a friend or a loved one is looking for golf clubs, check them out. Get a voucher. Book them in. All right. Until we tee up again soon, I'm Paddy. <laughs>